You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round 25 of the 2022 MLS Fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by Two Heels, One Arena. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. It's because of you that we're able to keep this project going. And I thank you so much every day. It's such a just a fun project and such such a true joy and a blessing to be able to have you guys with us as we go along with this crazy fantasy ride. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight, I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Mr. Belaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. We'd also like to welcome our special guest, Todd Modisette, uh, who is a 2018 champion of the overall MLS Fantasy game and one of our Discord server's top members. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Todd? Doing good. Happy to be here. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Everybody else? I'm great. Yeah, doing really well. Well, happy to have everybody who is with us in chat as well. A little bit, little bit low on the live chat numbers tonight. I get it. I get it. Double game weeks back to back, uh, closing in on the final of the season. This is the usual late season kind of lag that we see with with viewership and listenership. But what that means is those of you who are still with us and still listening, you're getting the tips that other people aren't well unless they go to discord and share them but who knows that's something you should all be doing anyway but thank you so much for joining us uh we're still going to do as always uh, going and reviewing and we're very happy todd could be here he was going to be with us last week uh but had some daddy duty that he needed to take care of with his own little one which i understand all too well uh, but we're super excited for you to be joining us todd uh how, how's your how's your team been doing this year i've been it's Doing good before. I was in the top 10 for a while. Then I've, the double game weeks have hit me hard. So I'll see what I get, advice I can offer this week. But those of you should be moving me down and go back up on the single game weeks. So right now I'm 17. So not not bad, but hopefully I can get a little higher. No, not not bad uh, at all. Double game weeks are Highest one here, Todd. Highest one here. So you're doing a, <laughs> you're doing a good job. No, super excited that you could join us tonight. Uh, and for those of you who aren't able to join during the live stream, uh, Todd is wearing his orange right here, showing showing his Houston fandom yeah. right there. Uh, it's nice. We used to have uh, Travis used to be a regular on the show, one of our co-hosts, and he was a Houston fan. And so it's nice to have some some of, I guess, that shade of orange back on mm -hmm. the show from time to time. Yeah, not too many of us, so have to <laughs> represent a little bit. Sure. All right. Well, let's get into talking about how our teams did this past week. Ashley, how'd you do? Yeah. Um. It, it turned out better than I thought it would. I got a 102. Um, that right now is a captain, like a lot of people, so I don't feel like, you know, I'm in the minority there. Um, really got me. I, I had texted you guys about this. I tried to tinker in Gazdag um, looking at lineups, and it, I didn't save it. Like, I did it, and then I thought, no, don't tinker. So I closed it out. Um, didn't have him. So that was a little frustrating uh, for me. But I did something we always – I always say not to do i needed to bring in bench points um and so i made the decision the players i had left to play were heel mukhtar almada and lennon and so i had to decide who to tinker out which was that who would you choose 
without knowing how they did going into last week, who would you? Probably would have done Lennon out of those. Okay. I would have dumped heel because oh. that's just how I'm playing this year. Okay, Reed? Uh, heel. Okay, I made the obscene choice to choose Mukhtar, who got 10 points, but hear me out. This is what I was happy about myself. He was the tied for best tinker out because okay. Almada got 10, Lennon got 11, Heel got 11. So by the numbers, <laughs> <laughs> he was the best one to tinker out. So that was my only real... Uh, Real joy to this week was I I chose the numerically right person to tinker out, but yeah, 102 can't complain, but didn't really do too much for me moving up or down. Blaine, yeah, I'm on a 108. Uh, that was good enough to finish off the Champions League qualifier. I finished, I think, 26th on that, so I am in. Um, went with a few of the differentials that paid off okay, I guess. I mean, I had Gazdag. I know he was in and out of a lot of lineups. We talk, I think, I know I had him plugged last week, but we always talked about how long can they sustain this? How long can he sustain it? Because he was so slow. But right now he's going, and he was kind of one of those trip up differentials that a lot of people had. He shouldn't have been a differential, but he was in that. Uh, Lennon was definitely a differential who paid off big for me this week. And then I stuck with Carranza over Blake, which was an extra point. Uh, probably not the greatest move for me this week. And then I screwed up. I should have done better, but I took Heel out. That's why I could honestly say Heel would be my drop. I took him out for Zella and lost a few points right there. Had the Ray captain as well. So, I mean, I missed the mark on a few things. But still ended up with a 108. Uh, if you broke 100, I think you were doing great this week. It's enough to see you stay, kind of stay put in the rankings or move up just a little bit. So overall, not a bad week, but I'm just happy I'm in Champions League at this point. Todd? I uh, scored 111 last week, so moved up some ranks. I had a good week, but it was really weird because moved up even though I captained the very lowest scoring player on my team in Reynoso. Yeah. And the last move I made was switching out Gazdag to switch to triple Philly defense instead. And they had a clean sheet, but obviously losing out on three goals hurts. Yeah. So it was a good week with lots of high-scoring players, but I actually left some on the table even even with that. But that's how it goes. Yeah, it's a mixed bag for me as well. I ended up with, with only 96. Uh, I had uh, Zella and Acosta right there, and some of my forward options didn't pay off. I didn't have Gazdog because I uh, had originally was going with Blake, Wagner, and uh, Glesnus, and I ended up changing that up uh, indefinitely with those two Philly players. But that's why I didn't have him originally and didn't add him back in, even with all that discussion and seeing that Colorado lineup. Uh, but uh, yeah, also had the Reynoso captain, so it was fine. I mean, I had a lot of the players that ended up being fairly, fairly chalky. Uh, it's just I didn't I had missed a couple here or there, and not not having Gosdog this week was was what killed a lot of people. That's like I said, I, I retweeted uh, at MLS Fantasy's uh, uh, post uh, highlighting the winning team, and that's a lot of what it came down to. Is if you had Gosdog and captained him, yeah, yeah, you you had you had the money this week and so it, so much of it came down to just picking that right player uh, and i think as we were actually alluded to looking at those lineups made a lot of difference seeing that colorado lineup okay. seeing all those defensive players those starters on the bench right there that was that's definitely a big uh, a big hint and um there's tinkering it helps and it can hurt it's it's also a fickle mistress 
So that mm-hmm. that's just where it comes. You just got to know when to do it. And that's that's probably my takeaway. This this because you yeah. just have to know when to make that the tinker. fine line between a tinker, which we is a negative term, right? A yes. tinker and a roster adjacent choice. What would we? We will come up with something. We'll better, come up with but something. Yeah, some sort of it's some a sort tough of line. Tough yeah. line. Yeah, it's it's a difficult. Uh, it's for me. I, I'm I'm chalking this down as just having a poor year in general. I'm in the top 300, but it's that's not usually where I target to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's I know a lot of people. Maybe that's that's a fantastic. I know I I'd like to at least be in that top 100, 200 maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 300, kind of a rough year for me. But you know what it is what it is. I did not make the Champions League, so I'm happy though to live vicariously. Through all of you who did, and so I, you're I'm still the host. You are. I am still the host. You know, right. I'm still the host. So there we go. Now let's talk about our takeaways from this past round. Our takearoos, if you will, Blaine. What about you? Yeah, this is a simple one for me. It's just watch the hotness right now. Um, it's at that point of the season where I feel like we know what's going on. We know what teams are doing outside of injuries, um, and we just we kind of have a feel for how everybody's playing and. We know what to expect from most of these guys. Um, yeah, Philly's come on super strong lately, but they've been so hot. They're where New York City was right after they got done with Champions League, putting up four or five goals a game. Everybody looks good. Um, go with those guys that you know are putting up scores. That's what happened again this last week. We went to our go-to names, and they got us decent points. I mean... Yeah, Reynoso didn't quite hit, but a lot of people had him. I think they said, I think somebody in Discord looked it up, and 22 of the top 25 players had a Reynoso captain. So 22 of the top 25 scores in the game, Captain Reynoso. If you did that, you went with the majority of experienced players at the top of the list. If you went with the differential, great. You probably did a whole lot better, or you went with Zella, who got the exact same, and whatever. I mean... It's one of those things, but we kind of know who's doing what right now, and just stick with that because you'll you'll end up doing more damage to your team unless you're really trying to make up ground or need to make some big moves to hit your goals. I know Reed wants to get likes to be top 200. I I usually shoot for top 200 as well. Uh, top 100 is always my goal, but if I'm in the top 200 at the end of the season, I'm happy because this is a tough crowd at the top. Top 200, 250 is a tough ask any given year unless you're one of those players like Todd who's a former champion and whatnot who just seems to consistently stay top 25 Uh, but I mean for for a lot of us more average players top 250 top 200 is a great score so just go with what you know and keep going with the guys that are hot right now because it's the time of the season where the hot players are trying to make playoffs trying to solidify their spot in the standings Um, the shield isn't locked up quite yet but as soon as you see stuff, or you see the teams that are fighting for it, expect them to keep making the push and just go with who's hot. Todd, um, I mean the Philly beatdown was the biggest like thing that jumps out is just they are their goal differential is now a lot higher than anyone else. They're putting multiple beatdowns on people, so you have to load up on them, especially for any home game. Uh, but I was actually really impressed by Austin. I. That was going to be a good game versus LAFC. I did not expect them to win big. And I sort of doubted them a lot this season, but they've consistently come through. So they've earned the respect that they have so far. And also just seeing that Toronto 
their new players are still are doing well and that they're they're getting goals now and they're actually improved on defense too which is they were awful yeah, like almost the whole season turnaround. so that's making them a big factor as we close the season now yeah i think uh matt doyle put it really well in, in his article about about austin is that they this was their marquee win like people they'd been doing well and scoring and derussi's leading the golden boot but they hadn't really had a marquee win which when he said that and i read it i i kind of looked back and i was like no surely not but he's he's right like there there wasn't yeah. like a big team that they just dominated and they dominated la in this last yeah. game just look at the highlight reel so uh yeah. good good for them that's that's great the goals kind of got mixed around there's some good options there fantasy wise uh, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's good all right duh. so sorry todd and it's a texas thing yeah <laughs> there we go uh ashley yeah, um, just some great red cards this week. I really enjoyed <laughs> with a couple good good red cards going into a double game week. And then, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm really noticing um, how the playoff push is affecting the play of some of these teams. And I think when it gets to this time of the year, we start to see a little bit of that, right? Um, we had talked, I think, two or three weeks ago about, oh, LAFC might start resting people. But after that beatdown... I don't think that they. <laughs> I don't think that they will. Um, you've seen such a tight gap in both conferences between below and above the line, and I think stuff. You know that aspect of obviously everybody always wants to win, um, but this kind of final playoff push is you're going to see some you know possible flip flopping um, between the teams below and above the line is definitely um, I think going to impact fantasy a little bit more. Yeah, I know we were just mentioning it uh, last week, talking about some of the the playoff predictions, and I, mm-hmm. I like to go over to 538.com to to look at, at their stuff. You can check it out if you're in live chat with us. I just posted it in, in chat. Oh, if you want to check yeah. it out, I just think it's a nice a nice graphic, and I'm giving you the, the playoff chances of who's going to make it and who's essentially out of it uh no the only one who's clinched it is lafc but a lot of player a lot of teams are 99 98 and a few teams are less than one percent chance of making playoffs mm-hmm. so you can kind of see where people are are going to fall right there but it's it's a great little graphic if you want to start to have just sort of idea of maybe which teams you might want to keep an eye on a little bit more than usual including a team like like philly that we've talked about or a team like montreal which has also done done pretty well in this later part latter part of the year uh with with some good fantasy picks so um there's there's options there it's a way to keep your keep yourself uh, in the know that was part of my my take is is also yes keep an eye on the playoff standings teams will absolutely start adjusting Mm -hmm. for that uh, especially if they have chances for um getting a wild card or having the home field advantage something like that so they're they're going to be looking at, at all of that and uh yeah and just keep an eye on those lineups we saw that so much with this this colorado team this week in philadelphia and as as we were talking about a second ago th- there is that fine line between like just unnecessary tinkering and making informed decisions informed changes to your team and that's your own line it's it's hard <laughs> we can tell you some some general ideas but i mean when you see two or three starting defenders on the bench that that's a good sign that mm-hmm. may, maybe a tinker is is justified with some good value but yeah just keep an eye on all those things coming at the end of the year uh, this is a double game week that we have coming up so we're going to have a uh, game starting really soon and we're going to have a lot of, of double game week players to go through so stay tuned we're going to be talking about our housekeeping section coming right up 
Okay, it's time to talk housekeeping for round 25. Uh, this is a big double game week coming up, but first, a quick shout out to uh, those uh, uh, winners, winners, leaders in our head to head league. So we have first the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational, still on top, is Donuts with a record of 18, 2, and 4. A solid lead right there. And so with with uh, just a few rounds left, uh, it's it's not impossible, but this this is donuts to lose, I think, at this point. Going over to the Pro Rail League, also expanding his lead, Patrick Smith in our Champions League with a record of 18-1-5. A little bit closer. There's still some rounds where that could change up, but Patrick's been up there for, oh, I don't know, three, maybe four weeks now. Um, he's been up there before, back and forth several times in the Champions League, so it is not over at all, but Patrick is still on top what about the veterans league ashley yeah uh i i said this off air i'm happy to also share uh thanks to beating me throwing in the cow move back into first place in our uh in our veterans league at 17-0 and 7 so uh i lost to to them by six happy to to take one for the first place uh first place team so throwing in the cow coming back on top love that name what about the mm -hmm. development league bling yeah, McBean All-Stars has stayed five points clear um, with five weeks left. This is getting really tight, but five points clear means he's got one to give up. I don't know if he's going to drop two in the final five. He's just he's playing really well right now. Probably going to be in the Veterans League next year. Uh, going down to the Pro Rel wait list, we have Wawa Wiwa still on top with a record of 21-0-3. Another player who will likely be in uh, our renamed development league next year that's that's going to happen for sure uh putting putting skills to test up at that level but yeah thanks so much everybody who's playing in these in these pro rails it's it's such a blast i'm glad you've liked it and we're going to be doing what we can to keep that going for the next round okay let's get into the actual nitty-gritty details for round 25 it starts wednesday august 31st so if you're listening to us tonight on monday then that's a couple of days you you've got some buffer there if you're listening to us with hope tomorrow on tuesday when this podcast goes live then it's it's tomorrow so be ready and this is not your little a couple teams play get a little break kind of double game week no the game week starts wednesday august 31st at 7 o'clock p.m. with Philadelphia versus Atlanta. But then 30 minutes later, a whole bunch more teams kick off. And then a little bit after that, a whole bunch more teams kick off. It's it's There's a bunch. There's a bunch of games on Wednesday. There's a bunch of games this week. Almost everybody is on a double game week. So this is a big one. You're going to want to have your team set by Wednesday. You might have some room to have uh, some some switcheroos going on with some of the teams, depending on who you're going to, going to roll with. Uh, if you're going to, maybe if you have someone from San Jose or Vancouver, that's going to give you the time to preview a lot of the double game week players. But I don't know why you'd want to do that. Cause there's really only one team that plays, but um, this is, this is not around where I'm going to be recommending a lot of, of tinkering with your team. It's probably going to be auto ruse, just like picking your players, having some of those scrubs there and just letting the, the chips fall where they may but yeah a lot of a lot of teams and double games for those who are on a double home game week uh, two home games we have columbus new england toronto and nashville and then for those on a double away game it's atlanta chicago and colorado and don't forget several of these teams played in the second half of last round so be on the lookout for 
roster rotations as well. It's going to be very important. No teams are on a bye, and several teams are on single game weeks. Uh, if you're looking for the teams that play the latest, that would be, as I said, San Jose and Vancouver. They play on Sunday. They're the second-to-last game of the entire round, so if you are looking for scrubs or whatever, that's that's an option right there. There are definitely some players who are not regulars who can be put into your team. But you can also check out the Mega Reference to find out some players who will not play at all because they're not even in the game anymore. So, well, in the actual game. They're in our, our digital game. But mm-hmm. you can check that out with uh, with the Mega Reference right there. But that's your, your general lineup for this uh, big double game week as we're going into the final stretch of the season. However, as always, with the Mega Reference, we're going to touch on those injuries and cards and and all sorts of great stuff that uh everybody the community effort works so hard especially especially tyler gets that worked up for us and blaine has the privilege of reading off to us each week blaine yeah uh some good news to start off as always uh Cervania came back for fc dallas after three weeks on injury uh that's a big addition to that team he's been starting most of the season in midfield uh makes the team infinitely better across the board just a lot more cohesive there and then Gustavo Bo got 45 minutes in the second half for New England. Um, if he's ready to start for the double game week, I think that changes up how a lot of us are going to handle the week. So keep an eye on him starting, but it's good news to have him back. Great news for Heal to have Bo back in the lineup. Uh, Ashley kind of hinted at earlier, there were five red cards this week. Um, it was crazy. Um uh, Pazuelo did a flying kick that will probably get him extra games. It did Um, look accidental, but man, was it brutal. (laughs) Yeah, uh, probably getting extra games. The only reason he may not is because he was tracking the ball the whole way, and it was just just poor judgment rather than malicious, but still. Uh, Kyle Duncan for Red Bulls. Uh, Velasilla for Colorado got one, Kone for Montreal, and then Cavallini picked up one for Vancouver. I don't think and... he will play the rest of this year. That was yeah, one he... of the worst red cards I have ever seen in MLS. For those, for those that don't know, he head stomped a guy. He should not play for the next for the rest of the season. It was Alex Mule, and he looked right at him and then jumped and stomped onto his face. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, should be done. Um, The way he's playing in Vancouver, I don't know that he'll be back next year. Like, this could be last game in MLS as far as I'm concerned, and I would not say – I would not be sad about that. Yeah, he – it was bad. Yeah. And then uh, Tolkien for Red Bulls and Starez for Houston are going to be out on yellow card accumulation. Mm -hmm. Loxley does not like hearing that, but that's two Red Bull defenders out the first game. Yep. For suspension, so keep Not those true. going. Um, injuries, uh, Taxi picked up a head injury for D.C. Debassi ruptured a quad tendon. He's probably done for the regular season. Oh, he's done. Yeah. Uh, Lucinius <laughs> for Red Bulls, uh, back pains enlisted as a game-time decision. Uh, Danny Wilson picked up a leg injury for Colorado. Uh, Iguain took cleats to the calf, so don't know how long he's going to be out, but that could be... That could be nothing, or it could be something more serious. Um, Aaron Long for Red Bulls has a heel injury. Shakiri's got a quad injury again, and she hosts for Chicago has also got a hamstring injury. So they're on. Also, oh, so yeah, on. Ro- yeah, he's not on the list. Rolled on no down one cares. Like six, eight weeks. 
yeah, he's done for the regular season. So he's not. They did not say that, and neither will you. Six to eight weeks. That's regular season. They didn't say it was going to be six to eight weeks. Uh, that's what we're hearing. No, we. Who's we? I'm hearing the different, and I'm the Seattle person. Blaine. Okay, and then the really, <laughs> <laughs> and then the really interesting one, the one that everybody really cares about, is our notable yellow card watch. Uh, if they pick up a yellow in the first game, they would miss the second game. Uh, it's a lot of midfielders this week. Uh, Ladero, Driussi, Reynoso, Fragapane, and, and Kellen Acosta for LAFC. Those are the mids on it. And then Cheneau for New York City it, uh, on the defensive side. So that's I know we're going to be talking about midfielders. There's four names that could pop up in the double game week midfielder section that are on yellow card watch. Yeah. And thank you, Discord, yeah. for getting that together for us today i know ranch always puts this together but discord's invaluable in getting this done every week so thank you to everybody who contributes to this list and if you too want to play a role in contributing to the mega reference the easiest way to do that is become a member of the discord community by heading over to mlsfantasyboss.com slash discord the link is right there it's free it's fun it's it's a blast i mean all of us hang out there and so it's it's all kinds of i mean you can you can speak to that can't you todd it's a good place oh yeah that's great advice for anyone who wants to learn more and get good help especially when it gets close to game time yeah and it's it's such a I mean, very good spirited people who are always there to provide uh just honest advice so highly recommend if by this time of the year you haven't gone there do and if you're new then yeah check it out it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. But what I know many people have come for, we are going to talk about our player targets for Double Game Week Round 25 right up next. All right, let's talk about player recommendations for Round Double Game Week Round 25, starting as always with Keepers and Defenders. Uh, the majority of us, <laughs> majority except for <laughs> Belaine, are I'm looking at... About uh, this. I have a comment. I on this. I assumed no, you, you I assumed comment? you would. Uh, but the majority of people are looking at room in some capacity for their keeper strategy this week. And then when it comes to defenders, everyone's looking at Wagner. Everyone is looking at uh, Plasios, except for Blaine. And everyone's mm -hmm. looking at a Nashville defender, again, except for Blaine. So Blaine's got a lot of explaining to do, but we're going to let Ashley go first. So, Ashley. Thank you so much. I like room. Um, I've thought about Blake. I, you know, I might kind of come down to um, what that first game looks like. But the thing about double game week when it's structured like this is there's not a real backup. Um, that I see this year. There's not a real keeperoo situation. Um, if you take the, sorry, now I'm pulling up the schedule. If you take the Philly game, let's say, which is the four o'clock kickoff, I'm going to talk in my time because that's it's less math. If you take the Philly game that's the four, four o'clock kickoff, the only games that start after that game would finish is Austin and Portland and Salt Lake and Minnesota. And there's no way I'm taking a single game with Keeper this week because San Jose and Vancouver are garbage, like equal garbage. So that game should be a nightmare. So for me, <laughs> there's no one to really keep road to. Um, so it's just going to depend on on how I feel about those two lineups. But I'm leaning towards room, but always going to consider Blake um, in double game weeks like this. But the double home for, for Columbus, I, I think, is what's kind of helping tip me that way. I like Wagner. I just feel like, I say this a lot, but 
he's fiction proof for me at this point. I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot of teams home or away, uh, especially on a double that I, that I wouldn't take him in. Um, it seems as though even, you know, when he misses a shutout, he gets an assist or, or something, right? He's just a, we, I don't know that we've seen a wing back in the, you know, in fantasy like him before. Um, oh, no, there's been gonna, some good ones. Blaine but... talking about Hollingshead again. Oh yeah, sorry. I don't. I, I should know better than to say that. Um, but Kai Wegner's just picture proof for me. Um, I like Palacios. Um, I'm leaning towards Romney as my Nashville player. I think some people are going to say, "What about Maher? He got 26 points. Was lightning in a bottle?" <laughs> I don't. I'm not chasing after that. Um, if you do it great, I'm. I'm probably not. Um, I am leaning towards Romney just with how his point production has been. Um, and then I keep going back and forth between a Columbus defender, Brooks Lennon, who has two road games. So I'm not, I'm not too sure that, that that's where I'll land. Um, or a second Philly defender, which I know a lot of people have come to become or come to have as like a staple as their bench defender. Um, it's just a second Philadelphia defender hoping for that shutout or uh, bonus points. So, my staples for sure are Wagner, Palacios, Romney, and then that last spot for me is is floating around between a couple names. Blaine. Yeah, so I'm not on the room bandwagon, and actually I'm gonna go ahead and preview steal a little bit. Ryan gave us a preview of his lineup IQ stuff. LAFC actually has the best chance at a double clean sheet this week and has the highest single clean sheet uh chances of any team according to his stats. And I was already looking at two keepers, just kind of depending, throw one in my lineup, throw one on the bench for potential price rise. Not that I need the money, but just it's nice to keep building it for the fun of it. Um, and that was between Sean Johnson and uh, Crepo as my keepers. They start at the same time. I can't do a keeperoo. I'm not planning on doing a keeperoo. But um, seeing this, and we missed one in the injury update, um, Tiago Martins for New York City also came off with an injury so that's Cheneau and Mart or Cheneau on yellow card watch and Martin's on an injury. And that's with, before Callens comes back. So we'll have to kind of see what's going on with New York City's defense. But their defense has been good this season. So I don't mind Sean Johnson. But I think Craig Poe's going to slip in there as my top keeper for the week ahead of room. I understand why people would want to go room, but I just, Craig Poe's been playing well and LAFC has been doing better than I had thought they would through this part. Um, Wagner's an instant include. I'm looking at one of the New York city defenders and then I'm my, I'm thinking about going right back to Lennon for the double. Um, his offensive numbers are there. I don't think the matchups are so out of line that you can't consider slotting him in. I know there's Philly in the first one, but that Portland game's not bad. It's a double road though, right? Like that's, yeah, it is a double tricky. road. It's the offensive potential there. I mean, he picked up two assists in the last game. He is getting involved. It's one of those that he'll probably become somebody like Palacio, somebody on LAFC before before the round starts. But I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't highlight some of the other names. We can't all have the same people all the time. I said one and two. That's yeah. True. That's true, you did. <laughs> Todd, who are you looking at? Uh, Yeah, so I picked Room as the keeper just uh... – Columbus has really good matchups on a double home game, and I didn't like their other defenders, so I thought that was the best way to get Columbus defense. 
And I think I will keep uh, St. Clair in there as an emergency backup keeper in case Room has an injury or if he looks like he has like one point, you would actually get to see his full game right before Minnesota starts. So that would give a potential chance at a double keeper if it all just completely fell apart for Room in the first game. So I think that gives a little bit of a backup option if it's a complete failure. And then at defense, uh, yeah, Wagner's a lock. I saw actually the number one team overall captain last week, which is a cool, bold choice that paid off. So, I mean, he's just unstoppable. Uh, right now I'm planning on doing Elliott to double up on the Philly defense, uh, Palacios to get the LAFC defense. And then I'm deciding between uh, two of the double home game defenders between uh, Romney on Nashville and uh, Chris is it Crisito on Toronto, who gets a lot of bonus points and plays in the attack. So even though Toronto's defense is improving but not amazing, I think just his bonus points and offense can get you some points there. Yeah, I think you guys have covered a lot of the ones. I was looking at Room mostly because of that uh, double game week. I was also looking at, at Blake potentially, even with that that split game. Hearing that about LA, I'll, I'll, LAFC, I'll definitely have that as something to, to toss around. I am definitely going to be having a single keeper this week. I'm not doing the keeperoo with the double. It just doesn't make sense. I don't think. I think the amount of money you play into that for the little bit of difference that you're going to get from a keeper, unless there's something crazy like penalty stops and, and ridiculousness like that. Uh, I, I just don't think it's worth the money on, on a double game week. So I'm definitely going to be running a single keeper and scrubbing out for the other one. Uh, for defenders, you guys have mentioned a lot of the the big ones. I'm still on the fence about Nashville. Um, it, it will probably just come down to the budget that I want to have. Currently, I'm only scrubbing. I'm scrubbing two defenders. And so I'm just planning on running three and putting some more money into the uh, the attacking players could potentially switch if I decide to scrub a forward, but that's what I'm looking at. Other ones you could consider if you're going to be running with Colorado goalkeeper and you want to double up. I know a lot of people like that. You're you're probably going to Minsa is is a good. He, I mean he's he can get some of the bonus points. They haven't been fantastic this year, so I think yeah. Todd's in the right headspace. If you just want to buy into the defense, then then rooms an option, but you could always throw one of those guys on your bench. You could even double up with having a double Philly, double double LAFC with one of those guys on the bench. If you feel like trying to even triple up there in the back, you would have harder time doing that likely with, with Philly. If you wanted to triple up with uh, two in the, in the defense and have a keeper, uh, but probably easier this round, maybe for, for LAFC people are going uh, also new england I, I think buys another one people have been i've seen in chat people could could consider this week they have that game against chicago and against new york city so definitely someone who is uh in the running as as potential let's yeah. move on to you have something to add? i wanted to yeah i wanted to add there was a discussion topic that came up on discord that i think we should share with the community here sure um and that was and i see you and ashley have them on your list and i don't Ashley and i both have uh, the potential for a second Philly defender. Um, it was pointed out to me this morning, and it's one of those changes I made last week, seeing how things were going, and that's uh, moving away from Blake at this time. Um, I know we love Philly. Philly's one of the best defenses out there for the season. But that position of goalkeeper has not been your heavy hitter for Philly. Mm -hmm. Back Before they were scoring, it was an easy way to double up on defense without – throwing everything in if they lose the clean sheet whatever but Blake's ceiling right now is about eight points the way the defense is playing he picks up the clean sheet his minutes and maybe a bonus point he got a seven in the last game versus Colorado 
Um, he got an eight the week before. It's it's not great when you consider Glesnaz is popping off for a 10 or a 12. Wagner's a lock in your team. Um, Elliot's getting a few bonus points every week. If you're going to triple up on Philly like you should, it's Wagner, Gazdag, plus somebody else, but it shouldn't be Blake. And I'm going to say that clearly. If you want a second defender, which I know Ashley and I both have that in the rundown as a potential, if things go the way I want to, if I end up not going with Carranza, I know I'm previewing other sections. It's like there's an easy slot to put in a second defender here. And you're looking at on this week, if they're averaging, say they only get the one clean sheet plus their bonus points, you're still looking at coming out with almost a two clean sheet score from a guy like Glesnes or a guy like Elliot who's popping in the bonus points. And Wagner, you just expect he's going to get 15, 20 points this round anyway with the way they play. But I want to urge the community to look away from Blake at this point and look at a second defender if you want Blake. Grab a different keeper. We've dropped some other good names. Room is a great name to throw in. Dump Blake. Pick a second Philly defender if you've only got one attacking player from Philly in your lineup. Do not take Blake. It's... I think it's the biggest trap you can make because Blake, outside of a penalty save, has not hit double digits twice this year. He's got it once early in the season where he picked up enough saves and bonus points to get to that 10. And then he's got another one at 14 with a penalty save. Other than that, he's not hit double digits. I expect the defenders to hit double digits at least one of these two games this week. I think you're exactly right. If if that's where you, if you want to have three Philly players, then it's definitely two defenders and a midfielder. That's that's what you're going to look at right there. Yeah, Blake is the first one out in a scenario like that. I'd agree as well. Yeah, so, it's just it's a trap, and I think a yeah. lot of people are still falling for it. And I think we've got to tell people like it's a trap. Don't do it. Yeah, and he's factored into my keeper room most of the time this year. He's I don't I don't know if he's ever been my single keeper. He's always been part of a keeper room because of that. But yeah, no, that's yeah. and that's a very good point. So let's move on to our midfielders. Uh, majority, we're all really close. So this is basically going to be a chalk section. It may be worth just mentioning some of the, the fringe players. Uh, but everyone is looking at at least Mukhtar, Zellerayan, and Gazdag. And then after that, Heel and Ray are either in our teams or are people who we are considering for final spots within our team so essentially that's what we're looking at uh, i'll let you start out blaine with some of your reasons why and then maybe we all should just focus on some of those fringe players that we're looking at or some other spots that are very very challenging for for our decision blaine yeah to quickly recap what's go what we've got i mean you've got zella and mook who are two of the better midfielders in the game on double home this week and that really locks them into most lineups uh, double home is so powerful. And then we've talked about Philly enough, but Gazdag doing what he's doing in the midfield, clicking on all cylinders with this team. He's finally the 10 they brought him in to be. It's like, He's going to be in everybody's lineup for that. After that, we get to some really interesting picks. Um, Driussi and Ray are high on everybody's list. Uh, Ray's coming off of a down week. Should have had a goal. They called it an own goal and gave him an extra point for it, but that was on target, just deflected, whatever. I can live with it. Um, but Ray's got a good setup. Uh, Drius, he's got a good setup. Um, and then Heal's another one that's always going to be there, and that double home is so tempting. And, again, I tinkered him out last week. He's still doing stuff. If Bo is starting, I think Heal's got to be in my lineup. 
I was kind of on the fence coming into the show, but I know the Bo News, just reading it in the report, just kind of solidifies that, that Ray is, or Hill is probably going to be in my lineup. And then I'm thinking because of yellow card warnings, I may go to a guy who's safe to start to. He just served his suspension, so he's not going to be out barring a crazy red card, which is in his nature. But I'm looking at going to Santi Rodriguez for New York City. I just you I love, love you some Santi. You love I it. I do. I do. It's <laughs> it's the Philly thing all over again. They've yeah. been one of the hot offenses all season long. They can get the job done, and he's been playing the ten. Maxi rotates. He'll play the ten one game. It's going to come down to that first lineup. If he's on the wing for that first one, I may consider something else going with Driussi instead. Who knows? Maybe it's Fagundes instead of Driussi because Driussi's on the yellow card warning. Who knows? And Fagundes sometimes just pops off for more than Driussi, which always infuriates me. But if Santi's the 10 against DC, I think he's a lock to put into the lineup. That second game against New England is still a, a tasty matchup. New England has not been a great defense this year. They have been leaking goals. And the way New York City plays, they're still one of the best offenses in the league. Even without Tati, they're getting work done. I wish they would start Bear because that makes that offense even more potent. But I like Santi as the 10 He's been one of the better tens in the in the league this year, and so I kind of got to go back to him on this double, especially with the first one being at home against DC. But that's kind of where I'm at, and those are the names I've seen pop up on Discord all day as people have been talking about it. There's a few others that may get thrown in, but really we're looking at a few, and then we got those yellow card warnings. If you want to try to fight through it and hope for a monster game from somebody who doesn't pick up the yellow in the first leg. Todd. Uh, yeah. So just overall this week, I was looking. I'm not sure. I remember like a double game week where so many of the very best fantasy players had amazing matchups and like in double game weeks. So this is a very hard week to go beyond chalk too much, just because if you pass up some of the best players and good matchups, you're going to really take a hit. I mean, Mukhtar, Zellerayan, and Heal are the three highest scoring players in fantasy and they all have double home games this week. Mm-hmm. You, I really can't see how you can pass up any of those three. And then no, Gazdag just had a monster game. He's had other great games recently. He's on a hot streak. So those four were locked. And I'm really struggling with the fifth midfielder. Cause actually I hadn't heard Lodero was on the yellow card. My three top choices were going to be Reynoso, Triussi and Lodero. And all of them are on yellow card warning. So mm-hmm. It's going to come down to if I feel like gambling, because I don't like doing midfielders on the bench, but if you play them, it might be the smart way, just because this is going to be a very high-scoring week. And if you end up playing someone who gets a yellow card the first game, being stuck with a one-game player could really hurt you this week. So if you do that, you really may want to put them on the bench. So the Santi Rodriguez might be a really good call as a safe fifth mid who doesn't have a yellow card to watch. But I definitely would watch out for the... I mean, Reynoso, Driussi, and Lodero, all great players. I think they'll do well if they play both games, but if they do get a yellow card that first game, you could suffer a lot. Ashley? Yeah, I'll just repeat the emphasis of Gazak, Mutarzel, Heal. Um, that was the first four things I think I did um, making my team this week. And then I actually am looking at Maxi, um, for NYCFC as a possible over Santi Rodriguez. Um, 
I also, uh, Drew C and Reynoso were, were two of the first that, that I thought of. Um, the yellow card watches what shies me away from it. I hate putting a midfielder on the bench. <laughs> um, I just do, but I'm, I'm going to agree with Todd where if you want Reynoso or Drew C, two players who it's not totally out of the realm of possibility, right? Like, um, they can both get a little ticky tacky. I could see them getting the yellow. Um, I think if you if you go with either of them, that might be a bench play. Um, but that's hard for me to do. And then I saw this in chat, and I was going to bring it up. It's not somebody that I think I'm going to throw onto my team. Um, but Puig for LA Galaxy had his first real game. Um, I know that Galaxy looked fantastic against uh, a struggling Revolution team, so I don't know if maybe this was kind of a a rare look. He picked up seven um, with an assist, which is definitely not bad for a player's first real game. I know he came in as a sub at home the week before, but um, he passed the eye test for me big time. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer and I were watching that game together, and at some point in the second half, he was like, how many points does he have right now? Like 10, 11? And I looked, and he didn't, but he sure played like he would. So um, LA has two decent um two decent matchups this week, one on the road, one away. Um, so if you're looking for something differential, um, I think he he would be a pretty fun shout. I, I think he'll be fun next season. I don't know that there's enough of this season left for him to make too much of a dent in our fantasy lineups. Um, and then the only other player I just want to touch on um, is Jordy Mihalovic. He's someone that pre-injury we talked really highly of. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be drawn to Montreal with that red bull injured back line um at least for that first game but i'm here to tell you please don't do it please don't (laughs) don't fall into you know the trap of the name right we've talked about this a little bit this year too like you know the name means more than their current streaker points right um you go and you look at mihalovich's points after injury um they're not very good he is very good but his point production has not been. Um, I don't know if there's anywhere else that's better to turn for Montreal, if if that's something that I know, like I said, people are paying attention to, but I don't think in that midfield, you know, um, Palm against a a battered Red Bull back line and then away to Toronto, which is going to be probably a goal fest, if I were to to assume those Canadian games usually are. Um, I'm just here to pitch to not fall victim to a name that used to be a lock, you know, six, seven weeks ago. Well, to add to that, Mihailovic got his contract. He's leaving in mm-hmm. at the end of the season. What does he have to play for here in MLS? He's well, not I like re- to think he'll still try. Oh, oh he'll still try. <laughs> I, but come playoff time, I think yeah. he'll be a little more into it again. But yeah, they're second in the East. Like, they're going yeah. to play. I forget that every time. Yeah, they He's not going to turn it on until playoff time. He doesn't want to risk injury. He doesn't want to risk that big contract mm-hmm. he just got to go overseas. It's He's he's coasting out. This is his victory lap with Montreal. And come playoff time, we'll see him do more. But I just I don't expect a ton yeah. from him. Um, Melgic, Melgic, whatever, is the other guy who's kind of been stepping up in his absence. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe taking a penalty for him too. I just don't know where that goes. Um, he would be the next guy up that I would probably look at in that midfield since you didn't have an answer for that. But 
that's just tough. That's a tough sell to take a second mid on a team like that. Yeah, yeah I have uh, nothing else to add. I think you guys have covered everything. I see in, in chat uh, we have Michael Bradley's name mentioned. As always, double game weeks, you can look at those defensive midfielders. I know whenever, I guess, that Toronto's first DGW came around, Bradley got a goal. Not his usual right there, but I think a lot of the offensive midfielders are having some fantastic matchups. So while I will not put it anywhere out of the stretch of reality that a defensive midfielder could have a fantastic score and be challenging some of these, if enough of these uh, offensive players go off, I, I just don't see a, a D mid really being up there. Brad, now you know Bradley's going to get a goal and two assists of course. this week, like he does. Oh, and well, of course. Let's move on to forwards now. And we have a couple of legitimate uh, majority opinions. Every Everyone's looking at um, Insigne and Cucho as uh, the backbone of their forward lineup. Todd, what do you have to say? Yeah, so I have a sort of a near four-way tie. I'm, whoever I leave out, I'm going to be were just on your hiding list. my eyes, waiting for them to be the one who goes off. So I have Insigne, I have Cucho, and then I have uh, Bernadeschi to double up on Toronto, mm -hmm. and then Arango as like an LAFC option who, could, who puts in tons of goals. And all four of these guys put in tons of shots every single week. I think they was looking at their game scores. They almost always hit at least four shots, which is actually pretty hard to do consistently as a forward, but all these guys do it. And they all have good matchups. So I think any of them are going to be good, and it's going to be a struggle to see which one I leave out. I'm really hoping actually just one of them doesn't get to the start midweek, and then that would make the decision easy. But I think all four of those are amazing options. Ashley? Yeah, um, Insigne was probably the first striker um, on my list. And then I, I definitely, after the beer chug, Cucho, um, <laughs> just out of respect, he's he's earned a spot for me. Um, and then I, I am leaning towards Chicho Arango um, for that last spot. I wanted to have a spiel just to mess with Blaine about how I thought you could give Bella a shout. I don't think you can. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that this is a. This is the week to do that with him. Um, but you know, at at Houston, home against Real Salt Lake. Who, to be fair, Real Salt Lake at LAFC has a history of just like messing up their shit. Um, but I, it's not tempting me away from it. Um, I think that Arango is probably um, my my third striker this week, and I am not even considering Bella. Blame. Vela's a rotation risk. I mean, I'll just take right from there. Yeah, for sure. Arango, the last double game week, Arango went both games. I think he subbed out mm -hmm. a little bit early in both of them, but whatever. That's center forward. That happens. You go for something a little different late in the game. Um, that's normal. You don't expect full 90s from all your center forwards all the time. But Vela didn't start one of the games. and Yes, he didn't. It was when they traveled. Because yeah. you and I played each other that week. I remember we both captained them. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those that you can't trust Vela. Arango's the safer pick right here. I have Carranza in my draft right now. I'm I'm toying with this one so much. Carranza would be my first drop, and it would be Arango coming in because it's Cucho and Insigne for my first two. Um, but I'm really tempted to double up on that Philly back line. Uh, I didn't like all of the defender options this week, and I think doubling up on Philly is way too powerful. And so that means I would have to sacrifice Carranza at this point, and that's 
that scares me a little bit with the way they have been scoring. These matchups are so tempting. Carranza is maybe a goal a game type of guy, but he's got two games. Is that two goals? Mm-hmm. And he's had the potential to do more. I think the matchups are so good. Atlanta has not been playing well. I just don't know what to expect there. And then Red Bulls will be getting their guys back. But I mean, again, it's Red Bull who has given up multiple goals to a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. It's it's really kind of coming down to how much faith do I have in the Philly offense, which has always been not much. They've been putting up massive goal numbers against weaker defenses or heavily rotated teams like Colorado. And I mean, I think Colorado suffered an injury on the back line in the first 20 minutes. And then Abubakar, who came in for that injured player, went out at halftime. So that put that into perspective. Philly put six yeah. on a team that subbed a defender in and then subbed him out at halftime. Like, there there was something wrong there. And so I, I'm still, this is one of those big questions I think yeah. everybody has. How good is Philly's attack? Or are yeah. they just absolutely destroying bad defenses when they get the opportunity? So in the last six games Carranza started, he scored one, two, three, four, five, six goals. Yeah. One is one is the hat trick against DC, but those games are against at Orlando City, which is a, a, a kickwalk, home against Houston, at Cincinnati, home against Fire, at FC Dallas, and then obviously at DC United and then home versus Colorado. So I mean, those yeah. are not you know, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, he's not playing I'm, bad teams and good matchups, you know? Yeah, I'm hoping for Carranza getting about 15, two goals on the double game week and mm-hmm. his minutes plus a couple of bonus points. 15-16 would be great. My question is, is Arango better than that, and will I be better served grabbing a second Philly defender and yeah. upgrading or changing out Carranza for Arango? And I like having some of these discussions with the chat because it's, this is what thought process everybody's kind of got to go through. Yeah. It gives some insights in how we try to do this. Like, okay, LA versus RSL. That's a match where I think Arango can get two. LA versus Houston. That's a match where I think he can get two. So maybe he only gets three, but three beats out any score Carranza gets. So it, it's one of those, it's those hard choices we have to make. And then Todd's got me thinking, do you double up on the Toronto attack? I mean, LA is not a good defense. It's double home. That's L- that's Galaxy. And then Montreal has been a pretty terrible defense that we've bet against a lot. Do you take both Bernadette and Insigne and hope that they both get on the score sheet? I mean, we dis- we jokingly discussed it last week. Maybe you throw both of them on the bench and see which one hits. Well, they got a 12 and a 13 together. I mean, that beat out Cucho. That beat out Carranza. That beat out a lot of other forwards. And those were two guys on the same team. So I think you could double up there. I There's a lot there, but I think those are kind of your big five, Bernadeschi, Insigne, Cucho, Arango, and Carranza. And I think Carranza might be the most expendable one there. Tough decisions for sure. Uh, I have the same background or backbone as everybody else. Other names to throw out there. I've seen some of these in, in chat. Uh, I mean, a, a crazy one. Uh Chicha over there at LA. He's had some some decent little run of form lately. Mm-hmm. Worth taking a look at. Double game, probably not competing with those five, but someone to at least glance at if you're looking for some, maybe one of Tyler's differentials right there. But I think you also have to talk about uh, both uh, Rudy and Kyoto. They've they've sure. been in a little bit of run of form as well, double game weeks. Um, so I think these are some on the 
well, I guess not Kyoto is not on the cheaper end of, of that. Uh, uh, Rudy yeah. is, but um, other, other just three a former team exactly he tends of... to do well. Yeah. Word of warning: Kyoto doesn't normally start both games in a double game week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been the trend all season. Otherwise, I mean, he would have been a early inclusion in my list if he if he was a lock to start both. But he ro- he <laughs> rarely starts both. He rotates. I mean, you could week. you could say as a bench play though. If, as a bench if, play, if Kyoto star- is starting the Red Bull game, that's the one he's yeah. worth it for. You know, the the thing about Montreal is they're they're pretty much into the cup. The thing they have yep. to be playing for is the chance to have a first round bye. So that yep. could be the incentive of when you might see some of these teams play these players that might normally rest. But you're exactly right. I just think that's a name we want to mention yep. um, as part of the thought process going forward. Okay, let's yeah. wrap. Oh, go, go ahead, Todd. Yeah, I would just say like th- when talking about like Kyoto and we talked about Vela earlier, if, for anyone who if you think that they are a risk of rest, or as we discussed, the yellow card. It's just this really is like one of the like biggest matchup double game weeks that you'll see. So there is extra downside for taking a risky player. You can always do that, especially if you're just trying to make up ground and you need to catch up. But there is extra risk by picking someone who will miss a game this week. It's a lot of times you can get away with that. And if they have one good game and one game where they get one point, you'll be fine. But I'm not sure about this week. I think it's going to take really high scores to keep up. Now, Reed, before we go to captains, I have one question for the three of you and chat if they want to jump in as we're talking about forwards. If Bo starts against Chicago, and assuming he's healthy, none of us talked about him, are you willing to risk him as a bench play knowing that it's home to Chicago followed up by a weekend home match to New York City who is potentially dealing with some injuries? He looked so haggard playing 45 minutes. If you watched that game, did you watch that game? No, I didn't get to watch it. He looked off. Now, he's fantastic, so that's not to say Mm -hmm. he'll start the next game and look on. But he did not look ready. He looked like a halftime sub because they were losing so badly. Um, And he was just taking shots he had no business taking, and it wasn't very pretty. So... um, that's a dicey bench play to me, even because he's not fully fit. Yeah, I think it's just another one where if it was another week where there weren't so many matchups, that you could risk it because he could go up, off really big on one game. But yeah, I don't see any way he plays more than 45 minutes in both of the games. That he, yeah. He could get like a 60 and a 45 this week, and he could still do some damage, but you're just, you are risking a lot by picking him. Mm-hmm. Agree right there. He was actually one of the original ones I, I was looking at in my first draft of my team, so I did forget about about him, and it's because of those reasons that both Todd and Ashley mentioned that I moved away from Bo. So finally, let's wrap things up with our captain picks. Blaine? Uh, who knows at this point? Uh, probably Mukhtar with the double home game. He's a little more proven lately than Zella, and I think you just go with the obviously proven guy right now, and the double home is too big of an advantage. A lot of people are on double homes, though. Ashley, who do you like? Yeah, I I think that that makes sense, and I have an asterisk to change my mind, but my gut looking at these games was, was Zella. Um, I know how Luke's been producing at home and stuff, but I really liked those two Columbus matchups. Um, he has a tendency to go off after he has a little bit of a quiet slump. I mean, five is not terrible, right? That's not great. 
Um, so that was my gut pick, but um, then I looked at our spreadsheet here and everybody else said Mukhtar, so now I felt like my gut was off, but that might still be where it lands. Todd? Uh, I'm going Mukhtar. I think it was just uh, especially uh, expected goal stats. He just He's such a huge involvement in Nashville and having two home matches. But I mean, I think Zella Ryan's a very reasonable alternative but i think heels a reasonable alternative too i know he's been sloppy a little bit but they have two home matchups they have a lot to play for he usually gets a lot of bonus points even if he does his scores i mean i think you have a lot of good captain options mm-hmm. you just it, one of the big midfielders is definitely the way to go just because they most likely will have at least a good score and hope you pick the best one yeah, for me, I have it on Mukhtar, and it's because I do think uh, Zella has some inconsistencies with, I mean, look at the the Hell is Real last week, and so um, he, has, he has some more blips there, that, but I do want to see some of those lineups. I mean, Colorado's going to trot out their, their A-team, and that's going to be definitely tougher uh, for someone like Mukhtar, but I think Mukhtar and Zella are number one and two. Three for me would probably come into maybe uh, Insigne right there with... Uh, some struggles that, that LA has had on defense and just that big rivalry with Montreal. I think that's probably going to be a game with goals on both sides. So that could be, um, he's in good form. So that, that could be a, another top contender right there. So interesting to see where people fall. Hmm? Oh, that's a big milestone for Reed. Reed never captains forward. So it's, it's, he's number out. three. He's number but still, three. But being willing to even throw a forward in. I don't even sure. think you've he's ever said it. That's, that's, that's probably true. I mean, I also, I also have Hernandez on there and, and again, he's had some inconsistencies right there that, that Zella and Hernandez thing kind of back and forth. Um, I feel like sometimes they can be a little bit risky right now for a captain. I, I like the idea of having him in my team, but as captain, I'm not sure. But I do see uh, Zella as that potential number two. Uh, so there we go. Milestones. Milestones. Growth. Still never Barrios. But that's that's how it is. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. And remember that this is a double game week where the teams are going to be playing on Wednesday. So be sure to have your teams lined up, locked in pretty much by Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you're going to be having a really strange team uh, for, for that round. So uh, it's, it's going to be a big one. We're winding down near the end of the season, so it's, it's still fun, but we're still here with you. You should stay with us. And uh, let's finish up everything with our plugs. Todd. Uh, yeah, so I never have much to plug, so I always just go back to the Discord chat. I think it's really as good of a fantasy resource as there is, especially, like, when it gets close to the game for real time, people looking at lineups, tossing things out there. Even if, if you just, like, read everything that people post or if you post, ask questions, that is an amazing fantasy resource, and it helps a lot of the best players. Number one in the game right now who's beating everyone by a mile is active on there. So it's a really good spot. Blaine. Yeah, not a nothing from me this week. Ashley. Well, now I feel terrible because I also have nothing, and I was hoping to just be the only one because usually Blaine's got something. But no, nothing for me this week either. That's that's totally fine. Uh, I will echo what Todd says about the Discord. It's a fantastic community, fantastic people. So please do check that out, mlsfantasyboss.com slash Discord. Also head over to mlsfantasyboss.com proper. Uh, to see the uh, reshare of this podcast if you're looking for, for where to see it. And also uh, Tyler's Differential articles. Uh, it's uh, it's always popular. And I, I worked in some of his stuff this week. It's it's fun to, to do that. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. head over and, and check all of that out. Uh, but mostly keep sharing this podcast and keep being a member of our community. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us every week. And as always, good luck. Mm-hmm.